0: This podcast going to be live from Studio A of our CHGO offices here in the West Loop of Chicago. I'm your host Sean Anderson, alongside me the full CHGO White Sox crew. The purple shirt is Vinny Duber. Go follow him at Vinny Duber. He's our CHGO White Sox beat writer, and guess what? He wrote today. You can go to allchgo.com and he talks about, you know, even though we may laugh, we may giggle, we may chuckle, we may have a ha ha when we hear about the Royals in the 2014 and 2015 success, but it'd be nice to go to a world series twice twice. Yeah. So, Hey, uh, go read Vinny's article today at all. CHGO.com. We'll talk about it today on the podcast as well. Man in the middle is Herb Lawrence. Hello. You can follow him at Ecknerwall 23 is our CHGO white Sox community leader and shout out to the chat as well. Fred's hanging out with us. AJ's hanging out with us. And, uh, AJ wants to give a shout out to Terrell Tatum for being named white Sox minor leaguer of the year. Um, Got a little stat. I'll start off with this, and I got some icebreaker questions for you guys. But uh, I thought I had a fun interaction. I don't know uh, about anyone else. Uh, last night on Twitter uh, with uh, Lance Brzdowski yeah. and he's from uh, the Marquee Network. Sure, uh, works you know uh, for the other team, uh, right? But it's fine. He's a he's a baseball guy, and he tweeted out some hitting data from the minor league. So. You know, this is obviously what we lead our show with. Um, and he said the stats below are from the four levels between Class A and AAA for uh, expected, uh, weighted on base average. Uh, the first team is the Yankees, 358 ex woba uh, Second is the Mariners with 358 uh, ex woba uh, Third, the Tigers, who hired a new general manager from the Blackhawks, because, of course, um, our third with a 354 uh, ex-WOBA, 28th is the Braves at 331, 29th is the Nationals at 328, and the Royals at 328. And I asked White Sox, because that's the team we cover, and he said, I don't think you want the answer. So I'm assuming that it's 26th. Um, They they are somewhere in between. They're not the one of the best, nor were they one of the worst. They're between four and 27. Okay. And by his answer, I assume they're not four. Okay. So, there you yes. go. Uh, well, no, I mean, I assume from that answer, they're probably bad. Yes. Um, so that's not good. Just I, I don't know. I thought to bring it up because the guy that was running the minor leagues is now the general manager, um, and you know he's he's done it the best. That's what Jerry Reinsdorf said. He's done it the best. So uh, he I knows don't know. baseball. Huh? He knows baseball like Jerry Reinsdorf likes. He knows baseball. Uh, so I don't know. I just I just thought it was fun because is. where is this team going? Nowhere,
1: but shout out to Terrell Tatum, who's minor league of the year. But read Vinny's article if we're emulating the Royals, I heard you reading them early on that thing. Then their minor leaguers are hitting down there, so let's keep on with that. Uh, if we're going to be emulating the Royals and getting Royal people over here, that's good. See, Herb's got jokes, <laughs> <laughs> and that's why
0: we that paid. was the whole
2: basis of the story is that you've all got jokes, and we Herb. Do right off the bat lean He's got right jokes. into it yeah
0: <laughs> uh someone who's not a joke Luis robert jr we're going to talk about him in a second uh steven uncovered a fact uh, i was really struggling with topics today and i said steven i shook steven and i said steven create a topic Stephen nicholas is producing us by the way create a topic and he wow. did he came up with a pretty good uh i didn't know this little antidote shook maybe it out did. Of me, yeah. sounds like you'll be getting a call from hr i'm about to say that's yeah. rude <laughs> i don't think we have one do we have HR? You have to have I HR. I called. No one picked up. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Right. Well, that's good. Lunch, break. A, yeah. Lunch break. I might leave the country uh, this weekend. Uh, we'll talk about Luis Robert Jr. We'll talk about oh, how this team just keeps on losing and uh, the the – the, the scope of the losses, because now we're really getting to the final, what, nine games here. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked about how difficult this schedule might be. Uh, Boston has been eliminated from the playoff race. However, the Padres, you four said half, four and a half games back, four and a half games out. But what, they're eight and two in their last
1: 10 and won their last six, I believe. So, I mean, it might not be a, a cakewalk at the end of the season here. They got to um, climb over like four teams to get to that last wildcard spot. It's not going to happen. But they do have a favorable schedule. Before we get into that, though, the the
0: 100 losses, the the bad teams, Luis Robert Jr., Gold Glove, or Silver Slugger, um, I would like to ask you guys two icebreakers. Thought of them. You know, I'm trying to drum up topics, and I think we could probably get, like, 10 minutes out of this. Um, What is more likely? And I asked you this. Vinny, I didn't get your answer. I asked you this pre-show, and then, Herb, uh, you can listen to Vinny's answer and bounce off. Mm -hmm. What is more likely for 2024? Obviously it doesn't have to be either of these don't have to happen. I mean, this could be a 1% chance of happening. The sock sign Blake Snell or trade for Salvi Perez. Vinny, since you brought up the Royals and you wrote about the Royals, I'm going to pass this to you because you've been very, very uh, vocal about. They're not taking on that Salvi Perez contract.
2: I think there is an overwhelming chance that they do not trade for Salvador Perez. He makes far too much money. They, uh, They have so many needs where they need to spend that money and devote resources elsewhere around the roster. Uh, I do not see them stacking it all with one player in Salvador Perez. That being said, I think that is more likely than them going to get Blake Snell because Jerry Reinsdorf basically told us uh, when he said, we're not going to go give 10-year contracts to pitchers, Blake Snell is going to win the National League Cy Young Award, it would very well seem. Uh, And if that's the case... He might not get a 10-year contract, but he's going to get a very, very, very big contract. Um, Jerry Reinsdorf didn't seem uh, inclined to give a very, very, very big contract. And as he said, using the word he said, pitcher, you know, people have extrapolated that to a player, probably fairly, but he said pitcher, Blake Snell's a pitcher, I would say that while it is highly unlikely they trade for Salvador Perez, given his contract situation, it is more likely they do that than sign Blake Snell to a very long-term deal.
1: I'm going to go with Salvador Perez also, but I actually believe that they're going to do it. And I know you guys don't think the 20 million will work with the White Sox. They'll make it work because they think the leadership is the perfect thing to have Pedro Grafal and Chris Getz battle standard be Put on by a lieutenant in the in the clubhouse with Salvador Perez and what they want to create the culture that they want and they'll pay the the price to make him the guy who's the leader of Herb, the White Sox. Herb counterpoint, yes.
2: Don't they already have that guy in Andrew Benintendi? Well, no, and I'm I am not mean, he and was I'm, there for I'm, only two years. I'm not, even, and he's quiet as hell, right? Oh sure yeah from a clubhouse leadership standpoint yeah, yeah you those are different different uh, different guys with different personalities but, but if you're talking about the style of play that they want to play and we've heard Pedro talk about it on end since uh, you know since uh, Chris has taken over as GM, It really sounds like he's describing Andrew Benintendi, who's been talking up all year long, even through the negative results at the plate that Benintendi has had. Hey, you haven't seen everything that this guy can do yet. He does all the little things right. He can affect the game in every different way. It It would seem to me that the role model for what they want their player to be uh, is someone that they've already spent a ton
1: of money on. Yeah, I, I see what you're talking about, but he was only there for like a year and a half. I'm biting my tongue. And I know you are. I, <laughs> I know you are. And he was only there for a year and a half, and the years he was there, it wasn't great. And so maybe he wasn't the royal to uh, have that be put on, because also he's not a talkative guy. It doesn't seem like he you know, is the rah rah type. And Salvi is more like a stern leader that it would get in people's faces and talk, about, talk to people if they're slacking. But. They're not going to sign Blake Snell because he's a top-of-the-league pitcher who will, at minimum, command $25 million a year next year. And he is the wrong pitcher for the White Sox to get because they already have two starting pitchers slated next year who walk a bunch of people. Unlike those two starting pitchers, Blake Snell gets out after he puts people on with walks. I think he still leads the league in walks. But I don't think both both his money... And the fact that he walks a bunch of people is a good fit for the White Sox, and I don't think they'll even look at him. They'll look for more of a mid-tier starter. I would love him. It would be great to have a, a lefty firstly, back in the rotation and a top-of-the-league starter too. Yeah, I would absolutely think that Salvi
0: Perez is more likely – Um, I mean, the only way that they sign Blake Snell is if he's under $100 million, if he is taking a contract with a ton of options. Like, you know, hey, you know, like basically (laughs) the Albert Bell thing, like go be the best pitcher again and go get paid by a different team. But help us in 2024. Like, that's how I see it working out. Um, Realistically, we think that they have to, and this is not a joke, replace half the 26-man roster. Um, It seems like that tall of a task. I think that neither of them are likely probably both under 5% chance of happening. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot more smoke around Salvi Perez than there is Blake Snell. Um, so I'll just say that Blake Snell uh, is less likely. Uh, but, like, realistically, payroll-wise, like, do we think that they're going to go over 180? If that was the number that Jerry threw out there? I know that was more about I mean, what they did spend. I know and they, that they've spent near 200
2: before. I, I know that I know that – you, you as much as anybody, and, and plenty of fans out there, want that number, right? They want that number so they can add everybody up and say they have X amount left. I really think that they'll go case by case, and it'll be a, you know, all right, we've spent this on – we, we want to allocate this for this, gu- this guy, we want to allocate this for this guy, but if player A falls through, maybe we can spend that money on three different guys kind of thing. So um, I, I do think that it is going to be very case by case. I, I would exp- – I mean – I don't see why it wouldn't look similar to the, to the way it does if Jerry is believing that, this, that next year's team could be competitive, right? I mean, if he is of the belief that they're going to compete for something next year, why wouldn't it be similar to the last couple of years in which he thought they could compete for something, right? If he was of the belief that, oh, next year's going to be that step back while we build for be it 25 or 26 or whatever, then – I could look at you and say, yeah, it'll probably go down because what are you spending that money for, right? But I don't see why it wouldn't be similar to what it's been. We'll put it that way.
1: And also, I'm just worried about Chris Getz in – he's never really done this where he's signing contracts – I mean, say what you want about Rick Hahn. Before he became a White Sox person, he was working in a uh, sports agency, working on contracts, and that's what he did with the White Sox too. And so they, he had the wherewithal of somebody not playing him, understanding the budget the White Sox have to play with. This is going to be a task for him to actually sign players to deals. And so that's why I have very little faith that they're going to get people like Blake Snell on their roster because, firstly, the guy's got a steep learning curve to get in here. Now, if uh, people like Dayton Moore come here and help him out, that's a little better. But right as we speak right now, I don't know if there's a person who signed on the White Sox is in the front office that has actual contract negotiating skills. Jeremy Haber is that guy. Is he going to still be there, though?
2: I mean, he currently is. That's what we can say right now. But, yeah. I mean, he would be that guy. I think that he has that reputation of being that. He... uh famously was the one who talked who talked I don't know famously is the right word he talked after they signed the Aaron Bummer contract extension rather than Rick Mm -hmm. which was notable at the time um so he has experience on that end and him being there I think speaks to what you're what you're talking about which is there needs to be somebody who can who, who does have that experience right there with them and and you know they've got they've got Weeks still to put together uh, more more people in that front office, right? I don't think any of us were expecting two nights to go to see Bing Bang Boom. Here's three guys that are going to be added, uh, and that was all. All that was on the the scouting and the development front too. Mm-hmm. Why, why can't why can't there be another guy or another two guys or? or women added uh, down the road, who do specialize on that end of things. That eases
1: my mind.
0: You bring up uh, the steep learning curve, though, and like if he does bring in Dayton Moore, I mean, Dayton Moore is going to have his own steep learning curve of learning the names of the people in the White Sox organization.
2: Not Pedro Griffal
0: <laughs> Okay, so, and... Uh, Gene Watson. Gene Watson. Gene Watson, yeah. And Chris Katz, I mean, Chris Chris yeah. he knows Chris Katz. And Bannister,
1: Banny Bannister. Yeah, Brian right. Bannister. Right. He knows everybody.
0: He's, he's good. good. He knows Benny. And Salvador Perez. Too. Yeah, well, he knows Salvi, he knows <laughs> Andrew Benatendi. Who else is a royal? We're fine. Jermaine die? I'm kidding. Jermaine Die. <laughs> hey, shut up. Uh hit the like button. I got one more uh, icebreaker and then we're gonna get into uh Luis Robert Jr. James uh, Shields. Maybe he's oh. not around. Uh well maybe he could be around because here's this question for you. Oh. Uh most likely. All right. So most likely to make a start for the White Sox in 2024.
2: You, James nah, Shields is on this nah, list? Nah, he,
0: you <laughs> could, if you want to ri- have a write-in, I'll allow it. Okay. All right. I'm not I'm not Stern. Jesse Schultons. Tukey Toussaint, Jose Urania, Mike Clevenger, or Lucas Giolito?
2: Run through those one more time. Schultans, yeah.
0: Toussaint, Urania, Clevenger, or Giolito, who is most likely out of Schultons, Toussaint, Urania, Clevenger, or Giolito to make a start for the White Sox in
1: 2024? Most likely? Most likely. It's probably Jesse Schultons. That would be my answer. Mike Clevenger would make the most sense because he is, you know, just a mutual option away from being on the White Sox. But I think if we discussed before, if I was Mike Clevenger pitching as well as I pitched in the second half, I can get this deal from some other team. And the White Sox can be part of the negotiations. I can get out of this deal currently with four million in my hand and also get a better deal on the free market, and if the White Sox want me, they could sign me for more than $12 million for next year. And so I would think that he would be free, and then once he's free, there'll be a couple teams bidding on his services and might put him out the White Sox price range. But Jesse Schultz is pretty much a rookie this year, and so he's under team control, and so he can come back and do a fifth starter type of thing anytime he wants to next year. So out of those people, I would think it'd be Jesse Schultons
2: probably go there too though i think Tuki tucson is right there just because i think from one of the from a from a how good can he be perspective i think Tuki tucson might have more upside than jesse Schultz. so i could see them maybe taking more of a risk on him maybe in addition to jesse schulton's but those two guys are at the top of the most likely i think clevenger is the least likely uh because he literally has a looming decision which we kind of all think looks like it will be I am. I choose not to play for you next year, right? Yeah. Lucas Giolito will be a free agent, as I believe Jose Urania will be. I would say, you know, both of those guys are going to be looking for looking for jobs. Urania is going to probably just take whatever minor league deal comes his way. Um, Giolito will get a major league contract, but since he's been traded, I think probably the um, interest that teams will have in him has been hit. You know, has taken a hit does that make Lucas Giolito kind of that perfect mid-tier guy that the White Sox might be able to go after and spend on and bring in? He's got a relationship with this organization, which he has always voiced as being a positive one. That being said, they did just trade him. Um, so I would probably rank rank it as Schultz Toussaint, Giolito, Urania, Clevenger.
0: I like that ranking. Yeah, I think I'd take that ranking too. I but mean, I, think I think there's th- a
2: pretty big gap between the top two and the, and the number three spot there. I,
0: I think Schulten is probably going to get rewarded. I mean, this is his first, like, true Major League shot, and he has been rougher in the later months, but he's gotten a lot of quality innings for the White Sox. I, I think mean, if
2: he's I think if he's in the rotation to start next season with what he's shown at the end of this season, that's probably not a good sign for what they were able to accomplish during the offseason. Um, that being said, him and Toussaint both would strike me as really good Six, seventh starters to have on hand, right? These are guys who have experience going out there and eating innings. Maybe could even do that swingman role between uh, an innings eater out of the bullpen and somebody who can spot start. So it, it, it would not be a bad thing for those guys to be part of the organization. I think if they are part of the opening day rotation, not a lot went right in terms of offseason work of trying to build a rotation. That's my opinion. Yes,
0: I, I absolutely agree. um Final icebreaker here. Uh, Edgar Martinez debuted in 1987. Yeah. how did Greg Luzinski and Harold Baines in 1981, 1983, and then Baines in 87 and 88 win the Edgar Martinez Award?
2: Because uh, it has since been renamed. Yeah. Ah, yes. okay. All right, cool. <laughs> uh, let's
0: take a break. I'll, I'll recover from that, Al. Uh, and then we'll talk about other awards for the White Sox, like Luis Robert winning uh, Gold Glove and Silver Slugger in 2023.
1: You know who never won the Cy Young Award?
0: Cy Young? Yeah. I heard about, yeah. about that.
1: You Not never, that good. You know who never won Silver Slugger? Mm-hmm. Um,
0: Albert Bell. Silver Slugger. Mr. Silver <laughs> wow. Slugger. Silver Slugger. Yeah, yeah. In his He's, life, Mr. Silver S- Slugger. Silver Soldier. Is that the the Marvel guy? Yeah. yeah.
2: I guess so. The Silver Surfer. Same thing. Or Winter Soldier. Not Either the same one. Same thing. Two I different know, right. things.
0: Uh, <laughs> any of this. Um, anyways, let's take a break. I'll uh, we'll let you know about our friends over at Ray Chevy. Uh, our guy Ray... Uh, from Ray Chevy was on the CHGO Bears uh, show. Uh, that, that, right? Yeah, that crazy day. Um, you know, obviously Justin Fields bust tossing his coaches. Ray from Ray Chevy was on CHGO Bears the defensive coordinator resigned you know a lot happened yesterday with the bears but our friends over at ray chevy have you covered if you're in the market for a new or used vehicle if you are then we have some great news for you because ray chevy in fox lake has just joined the chgo team and they were talking to the ray team yesterday and they brought up the ray price promise it's a guarantee your guy ray price
2: the ray price promise (laughs) it's the ray price promise not to be confused with the ray price promise ray prices
0: promise yeah. Um yeah. it's a guarantee that the price you see online is the price you pay when you go into the dealership. We've they found in many cases other dealers will raise the price on you when you go go into the dealership, asking things like, Are you a recent college grad? Are you active in the military? Are you a farmer? Herb, are you a farmer? I am not. And in most cases, the answer will be no. I'm an infarmer though. Oh, thank snow. you. Uh Snow, right? Snow. Yeah. Uh weird white guy. He was like an actor, right? Brian something?
1: No, he's a Canadian. What's Canadian it? rapper. That's right. all he was. Anyways,
0: um, are you act? No, that you. We already went over. You're not active in the military. I'm not. Um, but that's when other dealers will raise the price on you, saying the price online included limited rebates that do not that you do not qualify for. But at Ray, that's not the case. The price you see online is the price you pay with no add-ons to the price ever. And in fact, Ray will do everything possible to find additional savings for you, which may make the price lower than you see online. As one of the top-selling dealers in the Midwest, you'll always be able to shop one of Chicagoland's largest inventories and save big at Ray Chevy because they now have over 100 Chevy Trax models available starting at $21,495. And now... Through September 30th, I know you said you were going to take a trip up there, Herb. Oh, yeah. uh, now through September 30th, all buyers can qualify for zero percent financing, make zero payments until 2024, plus put no money down, and best of all, pay zero hidden fees with the Ray Price Promise. Visit Ray Chevrolet in Fox Lake or RayChevrolet.com, serving the community since 1963. Find new roads, Herb. What's you drinking? I am drinking a delicious,
1: juicy beer hug from. Ah, ah. Goose Island.
0: And hopefully it's not raining like it is now for their block party coming up uh, this this weekend. But CHGO is supported by Goose Island Beer Company. It's been Chicago's beer since 1988. Herb is drinking the Juicy uh, IPA from the Beer Hug family. You can get a little sampler. Uh, I think they got four flavors, three beers each uh, of each flavor. So you could try them out. Weekend's coming up, folks. I uh, got 312 Wheat Ale, the Full Pocket Pilsner, if you're a lager, folks. Uh, or no, it's a Pilsner.
2: It is a Pilsner, yes.
0: Wouldn't be a lager. Because it's a pilsner, correct? Yep, that's it's in the name. Yep, uh, and then also uh, the Oktoberfest beer because uh, it is about to be fall. I think it's tomorrow is the first day of fall, right?
2: I don't. I don't get behind these okay. official first day of seasons things. All right, it's, the, it's the three, three, three. The month the the months. The first day of fall is September first.
0: Oh, so like first the first day winter, three are is winter
2: first. First day of winter, December first. First day of spring, March first. First day of summer, June first. That's how they taught it to us in preschool.
1: Mm-hmm. It's not going by the official right. stuff, right? Just going by the easy way of just hey, yeah. Calendar changed. It's fall time. Wow,
2: I've really frustrated you with this. Just doing a beer read,
1: huh? <laughs> no, just doing a beer read. Now my Keep brain reading. is broken. Keep by reading this, by
0: this. So, but the the seasons start. Like because the, the here's year the prior. Thing,
2: because here's the thing. What's the point of putting them right. on the calendar? They're different everywhere you are in the world,
1: right? Yes. In
2: Chicago, winter is six months long. So why does it even matter what the first day of spring is? It's going to be cold. All right. Yeah. The
1: whole <laughs> month of May, I'm just wondering. I'm like, is it going to snow? Is it going to snow? Is it going right. to snow? And then once we get past May, I'm like, summertime. Baby, right. we're good. There's no such <laughs> thing as
2: spring.
0: Do you know it's always going to be cold?
2: Uh, uh, Goose Island Beer, probably. The beer at
0: at Goose Island's original brew house. Grab an ultra fresh, cold brewery exclusive beer at Goose Island's original brew house on Clybourne Avenue in Lincoln Park. Or go check out the block party uh, at their tap room on Fulton Street in Westtown. Goose Island Beer Company, Chicago's Beer. When is it going to get cold? So like, what, like, when are you predicting? November? November It's usually cold by November.
2: Sometime in late October. Great. But we could be lucky. Alejandro says you're cooking. Yeah. That's right, I am. <laughs> <laughs> you're in that kitchen cooking, Vinny. Uh, feel free spin. about it.
0: Um, so, Steven, what's, what, what, what did I shake out of you today? What, what topic have you come up with us?
1: Should I present it as a trivia question? Please. <laughs> sure. How many teams in MLB history have not had a player win a gold glove and a silver slugger in the same season?
2: The same player. Yes, the same player.
1: Um, how many teams in MLB? So, 30 teams. I would say, since you're asking that, I would say very few. So, I will say four. I'll go with six. You are both wrong. You've overshot. There is one team. Oh, Jesus Follow-up trivia question. Oh, Jesus Who is Christ. that team?
2: Well, that one we know. Yeah. Now, I'm guessing that's the White Sox, right?
0: It's the title of the, the YouTube It thing. is, yeah. There you go. Context clues. Good job, Stephen. not good at them, Steven. The funny thing, too, is... Just one. That's it's, wild. And the funny, th- the, the kind of more wild thing is, no player has ever, at least in a White Sox uniform, won Silver Slugger and Gold Glove. So, if Luis Robert Jr. is just a Silver Slugger this year, he will be the first White Sox player to be a Silver Slugger and a Gold Glover for the White Sox.
2: Herb's guy, and Robin just, Ventura, never won, nope. a, never won a Silver Slugger. Huh? Five
0: Gold Gloves, huh. no Silver Slugs. How about that? Joe Creedy, the only third baseman. And he shouldn't have won it. It should have been Arod that year.
1: How about that? Okay, I don't know. That, that 2006 it, like. year was <laughs> Joe Creedy's best offensive year, though. It was. And, and also j Manning does. And
0: Joe Creedy's best year is... No, nothing with A-Rod's year. Um, anyways, uh, I'm not going to rehash 2006. Um, but, yeah, no, no, uh, no gold-glover or s- silver sluggers um, ever for the White Sox. And uh, no guy has ever done it in the same season. Maybe Luis Robert Jr. is that player today. Or uh, not today, but uh, this year. Um, I don't know if you guys are concerned about this, the, the, the recent cold slump but is it even a cold slump after he's hit two home runs and a double in the yeah, National I mean, Series? It,
2: it definitely was before they went to D.C. You know, he was slumping pretty bad in the month of September. I th- I mean, like, the numbers were – the rate stats were all, like, under 200 bad. Um, but he had a really nice series in in D.C. with a couple of home runs. Um, it, Pedro Grifol kept saying all it takes is one swing for him to get back on track, and it, it looks like he did there. In DC now, of course, he's got to keep doing that. There's only nine games left, so I'm guessing that the uh, unless he catches fire really, really hotly, oh boy, um, (laughs) in the last nine games, his September numbers are still not going to look very good. But he could be out of the woods at least in terms of the really, really bad stretch that he was in.
1: Yeah, I believe that uh, he's out of his slump. I think he's realized his swing and got it back and a series in Boston could just propel him to the next level. Like, that that green monster is a thing, and him hitting over there – I think uh, forty home runs are within this weekend's reach. It'd be very nice to see Chris Sale, former foe or a
0: former friend, uh, get taken deep by Luis Robert Jr. on Friday. Just it'd be very nice to see. I'll uh, probably I'll probably lay a, a couple uh, shillings on it, uh, as they say on DraftKings. You could say. Um, let's go to the the, the uh, stat graphics here, uh, Stephen, because uh, I'm not sure which guys which which are these awards you're you're more concerned about. Let's do Silver Slugger first because I think that's easier to understand. Um, I've only put qualified hitters. On this list. Um, And honestly. I think it's just these four players. Outfield silver slugger. It does not matter what position. You don't have to be a right fielder. You don't have to be a left fielder. You don't have to be a center fielder. They pick three outfielders. So if you are mainly an outfielder. You are eligible for silver slugger. And I'm assuming. Since it's based off batting average. And rate stats. You have to be a qualified hitter. Um, So those are my assumptions. If I'm wrong. Hey maybe Chaz McCormick is a silver slugger. Oh well. No.
2: Huh? No. Chess. Chess McCormick, yeah. Um
0: he's been good, but he's only had like four hundred plate appearances. Um the four guys I think that are up for it. because um, these are the only guys that are above uh, one twenty five way to runs created plus. Um you could throw in Adelise Garcia, but he's struggled had a, good a year. bit. Yeah, uh, thirty five like homers.
2: But like all the Rangers, he's, you know. Cooled falling off. off a little bit, yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, Kyle Tucker, I would say, is probably for sure, going to be a silver slugger, 282 average, 367 OBP, which leads uh, outfielders, a 509 slugging, uh, 28 homers, 108 RBIs, which I believe also does lead uh, outfielders, and a 137 weighted runs created plus, leads outfielders. Uh, Julio Rodriguez, uh, 285 average, 342 on base, 498 slug, 31 homers, 100 RBIs, and counting, uh, and a 132 weighted runs created plus. Those two are the only ones over 130. Luis Robert Jr. and Randy Arosarena have weighted runs created plus of 127. Robert, 264 average, 315 on base, 541 slugging, which leads uh, outfielders, and it leads by a good margin. Um, 37 dingers for Robert, 79 RBIs, and again, uh, 127 weighted runs created. Plus, one weighted runs created plus. And Arena, two fifty-seven average, three sixty-five OBP, which is second uh, for outfielders. Uh, Four twenty-nine slug, twenty-three homers, eighty-three RBIs, and again, uh, one twenty-seven weighted runs created plus. If you want to throw in a name off the board, feel free. But I mean, how do you feel Luis stacks up against that competition? And he just needs to be one of the three best. Do you think he currently is in that positioning because of the homer numbers and him being the the outfield leader?
2: I mean, I think you put them in the right order there, probably, at yep. least as the season ends today, just the way they were on the graphic, right? Um, Tucker has been fantastic. Uh, J-Rod has been awesome. Uh, and and both those players could propel their teams to a division title still with the AL West very much up for grabs. Uh, but, man, Robert's power numbers are impressive. That slugging percentage is off the charts good. Um, I, I don't think you would necessarily have a – I don't think this conversation right here is is Luis Robert deserving of it over Tucker or Rodriguez. It's probably who deserves the third spot between Robert and Rosarena. That's just me looking at the graphic that you put together. You could probably go in dig a little deeper if you wanted to. Um, I would probably give the edge to Robert because of the home runs and the slugging percentage uh, just out of those four guys and specifically between him and Arena. But I mean, those are four really good players having really good seasons, and uh, certainly you couldn't go wrong if we're talking about does Luis Robert Jr. have have a great case to make to win that silver slugger? Absolutely he does, and if I were the person handing out silver sluggers, which I am not, I would probably pick him over a Rosarena.
1: And the thing is, the this is voted on just like the gold glove by the managers and the coaches of the team. You cannot vote for your own player, and so – It just depends on these managers and coaches between Luis Robert and Randy Rosarena, like Vinny was saying, because the other two, I think, are guaranteed Silver Slugger Award winners this year. So do, as Matthew Lucas say, people who are voting for it take into account that the Tampa Bay Rays are going to the playoffs and the White Sox are woeful. And so what is it for a person to be getting these stats on a terrible team while Randy Rosarena is doing this on a good team? I am totally against what what that thought process is, but I can think about old sages, like people who are managers and gritty old coaches thinking about that and like, oh, yeah, what does his home runs have to do with any winning and stuff and then give the third Sowa Slugger to Randy or Rosarena. Is because Buck
0: Showalter the only coach voting?
1: <laughs> I mean, they're all they're all gritty and uh, baseball-y and spitting out chewing tobacco. But I would think that Luis Robert would have this in the bag. His numbers dwarf exactly what Randy Rosarena does and he is a highlight film every time he does hit a home run I know Randy gets the props for doing the arm crossing thing and and pimping out but those numbers don't come close to what Luis Robert does and that I think he'll have the advantage and I think people mostly have been put on notice with Luis Robert Jr. this year and they won't uh overstep him but I that'd be the only way I would see that Luis Robert Jr. wouldn't be a silver slugger if just these managers are like I'm going for the winning team instead of the person who's actually better I had that fear uh, I'm, I'm unsure how you know
0: it, it will play out um Looking back at 2020, uh, Mike Trout was a Silver Slugger. Teoscar Hernandez was a Silver Slugger, and Aloy Jimenez was a Silver Slugger. Trout led the league in weighted runs created plus. George Springer was second at 143. Teoscar was third at 142, and Aloy was uh, fourth at 138. Um, I mean, it's among outfielders. That's among outfielders. Yeah. Sa- same search that I did for the the, the stat graph that I put together. Um, I mean, Houston was pretty good. In 2020, uh, they made the playoffs, and George Springer wasn't a silver slugger, uh, even though he had a higher weight of runs created plus. He did have a 540 uh, uh, slugging percentage um, and a higher uh, on-base percentage, but Aloy nearly had a batting average of 300 with 14 homers. Um, so I do wonder if Randy having a higher on-base percentage and average, right? Uh, Steven, if you could flash those graphics. Um, I think Randy has I a higher that's correct, yes. batting average. Um, I, I do wonder if...
2: No, Robert nope. has a, a higher a, average. A much higher on-base percentage, though. Yeah. yeah. I do, I do wonder what's... Points. But it's yeah. Silver stat Slugger, not
0: Silver Walker. It's also got, but he's <laughs> also got... And, hey, you know what's the biggest slugging stat? Slugging. <laughs> yeah. um, and Threaten homers. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, he's got 14 more homers. I got so that clue. I, I, th- I think Robert would be one of the three, knock on wood. Um, but let's go to Gold Glove, because this one's a little bit less clear. Yeah. Let's go to one that I know is 25% of the vote. So... Sabre's defensive index is the Sabre metric part, the analytical part that is put in towards the Gold Glove uh, award award awarding process. So coaches will vote. That's like 75% of the vote. But 25% of it is uh, Sabre's defensive numbers. And by SDI, that's uh, you know Sabre defensive index, um, for center fielders, Jake Myers leads. The issue with this is, their last leaderboard was published on August 13th. Mm-hmm. Oh wow. And Jake Myers doesn't actually qualify. Like he's not a qualified center fielder and when you put him in in terms of innings, Cause cause like, they didn't have yeah, enough
1: 698 at bats.
2: Well, why would at bats matter for your I don't know. Defense. He, I'm he, just saying, I'm just I don't should be innings in the, at that position. You need should.
1: 698 innings at in the field to qualify for the award. So Jake Myers might not hit that threshold.
2: And their hand, and they hand the gold gloves out by by outfield position. Is that correct, or yes. have they switched? No, it's and you got to center play center the
1: majority of your, your six hundred ninety eight innings you at the position too. There you go. So Jake Myers, Jake Myers had, has played seven
0: hundred ninety three innings.
1: All right, so he's eligible there, but is his his majority in of field. his center field oh, no, been no. there? He's,
0: he's played only four innings in left field and seven hundred ninety three in center field, and he qualifies. Um but, I mean, we'll get to it. I mean, StatCast doesn't have him ranked that high. Um, J-Rod is second at 6.6 on the SDI. Um, Kevin Kiermaier, 6.3. Michael A. Taylor, 6.3. Robert, 5.3. The one thing I will say, too, um, uh, no one is uh, – those are the only guys above five, and everyone else I don't even think is above one. So that's kind of like the crop, at least for that part. And that's only 25%. Uh, let's go to the other uh, stat graph here. Steven, sorry, as you're pounding water. Um, fielding run value, which is stat cast. Chugs, chug, uh, chug, chug, It's just stat cast uh, fielding metric. Uh, Ferv. U- Ferv used to be outs above average. But Robert is the leader at uh, 12 Ferv. I guess he's tied with Jose Siri. But Siri, I believe, is injured. I don't, I don't think Jose Siri is currently playing. Uh, for the Rays. well, yeah,
2: a big, big day with the new iPhone coming out. <laughs> yes,
1: um, Vinny, let's get serious, all right? <laughs> no, fuck, Siri, uh,
2: Steven's throwing puns, at least I'm making jokes. Steven's just punning it up over there.
0: I like the pun, I thought it was a good, playful, you know, back and forth. Uh, <laughs> Siri is out, he, he, he fractured his hand, um, should return in about like three weeks or so. Uh, but Robert has about 300 more innings than in Siri. He's got a 12-ferve. Varsho is at 11-ferve, but only 444 innings. Kiermaier in Toronto, 11 Ferv, 910 innings. And Michael A. Taylor, a 9-ferve nine at 906 innings. Uh, Jake Myers isn't even on this list. Um, so I don't, I don't really know what Jake Myers and StatCast thinks of Jake Myers. Um, I think he's well below uh, J-Rod and uh, Michael A. Taylor.
2: And that particular stat obviously is not part of the the balloting no so and let's be honest how many managers and coaches are looking at that at that I don't know. data set you, you don't know right so my point being that like that's to give us a statistical frame of reference for who is the best center fielder defensively in baseball but that other one holds a lot more weight because it's actually part of the voting total and you've got to remember too the managers, the coaches, while many of them are analytically inclined and would look at something like that, many of them also are going to be going off of their anecdotal recollection, right? That's why we always talk about guys when it comes to gold gloves where reputation can yes. carry you, where your bat can carry you. Yes. It's, that latter thing might work in Luis Robert Jr.'s favor, who knows? But like a guy like Kevin Kiermaier who is on the leaderboards for the stats and is just has the reputation of being one of the best defensive players players in baseball would seem to be a guy who would be right at the top of the list for the most likely to win the award this year, right?
0: Well, and you brought up, uh, you know, your, maybe your glove, you know, having that reputation, mm-hmm. your bat having that reputation. I think Rafael Palmeiro's bat was so good that he won a gold glove. First, um, so that's always fun. Only played, four,
1: only played four games, I believe, at first base. But <laughs> we I mean, J- Derek Jeter's whole career, like right. he is objectively one of the worst shortstops in the history of baseball if you go by DeVito r- runs saved but he won like six gold gloves. So they're like, "Oh man, geez, that's short. He's doing that jump throw. He's great." And the same thing with Juan Soto where we're talking about qualified people, he was one of the finalists for gold glove last year. He's not a good gold He's not a good fielder at all. As Vinny says, it is a bat thing. Like if you have a good bat and also you have a glove, you don't even need to be a good glove. A glove they can vote for you. And he was one of the five people qualified to be one of the right fielders who were in the finalists. And he wasn't one of the best of those five people who were qualified either. But he was a finalist because he's a name. And Luis Robert has won this before. So that's working in his favor for right now. But I think there's a bigger name out there that is just as good, if not better, in the outfield. You've seen the highlight plays where it's Julio Rodriguez is probably going to take home oh, the center I don't field know thing. About that. I think it is. Kevin Kiermaier is a good name, but I believe it's going to be the bat with Julio Rodriguez and the glove is going to take center field. Real quick, Vinny, before uh, I just want to go,
0: because, if, Stephen, if you want to flash the, the Ferv graphic, um, Ferv. there is Ferv. A, a guys that have that reputation. Uh, Kiermaier won in 2019. Robert won in 2020. Uh, 2021, Michael A. Taylor won uh, in Kansas City. And then uh, not on the list, uh, Miles Straw, but he's usually a decent defender. He won last year. Um, so if you want to jump in, because I, th- I, thought, I thought you had a Well, one I, ju- I
2: think I think what Herb was saying uh, makes a lot of sense. I think Julio Rodriguez breaking out, helping the Mariners maybe win the AL West this year. Um, you know, the the show that he put on in Seattle during the Home Run Derby. Mm-hmm. This has kind of been Julio Rodriguez's year, and I could see when you've got voters who, you know, are, they have a human mind. They're not a computer that's just going to be pumping out numbers and tell you who ranks where. I think that factors into it, and, and you might see, uh, you know, Julio Rodriguez take – multiple of those, uh, you know, Silver Slugger or Gold Glove. Because, listen, he's doing both extraordinarily well, too. Let's not pretend that, like, it would be some sort of coup or anything like that. If he wins the Gold Glove in, in center field, you're going to go, great defensive player wins Gold Glove. It's not like some guy who gets, you know, uh, robbed or, or or who gets awarded it because he hit a bunch of home runs, which Julio Rodriguez has also done. But that would make, that would make a lot of sense. I think there's a lot... I think what you've illustrated here is that there's a lot of guys who are really good at this. Let's talk about Luis Robert Jr., because I have been telling you since opening night that he has been playing a different kind of center field this year than he did over the last two seasons, particularly last year. He's been phenomenal. And I think the number one thing, which who knows how easy this is to either both quantify or qualify, but is that he just makes it look easy. Plays that should be hard are not hard for him. And he'll track down every ball hit anywhere near center field and you'll go and you'll just look down at your score sheet and go, F eight. Yeah. <laughs> when really any or not any other, because you've listed many good guys, but many other players out there put him in center field and they can't get to that ball. Or they need to make a diving top ten play on Sports Center in order just to get an out where Luis Robert is camped under it by the time it gets to where it's gonna land. So He's also made the spectacular plays this year. He made the tremendous diving play in Baltimore, which kind of looks like looked a lot like the one he made in Kansas City back when he won the Gold Glove as a rookie, but numerous home run robberies both at home and on the road. Uh, if Luis Robert Jr. wins the Gold Glove this year, it will be very much deserved. He has been fantastic. I think the point, though, that you've made with these graphics and, we're, and that I would like to make in the conversation here is that you can say that for a number of guys, and, and the, the, the quality of some of these guys in the American League is very high. Uh, Luis Robert Jr. has been fantastic, and he certainly deserves to be among the finalists and, and even a winner if he does so happen to land another Uh, statue for his mantle.
0: So the one thing I will throw in here, at least statistically, and then we can wrap it up, hit an ad break, and then we'll get into the losses. And then we'll send you on to your weekend. You'll watch probably the White Sox take on the Red Sox this weekend. We'll see you on Sunday, and it'll be a nice, you know, CHGO week. Bears got you covered uh, for, uh, the CHGO Bears show got you covered uh, for Chiefs Bears on Sunday. Got Blackhawks training camp with uh, the savior of Chicago, Connor Bedard, going around. Uh, So make sure you're subscribing to CHGO because we got you covered. Whoever disliked you, this video, I'm also going to find you. All right, so <laughs> hit the like button. What's wrong with you? Um, what did he dislike?
1: Goodness gracious, this right. is a good conversation.
0: The one thing that I'm just concerned about with Robert, and you guys bring up J-Rod, J-Rod has more innings played in center field, 1,259. Robert has 1,190. And you mentioned the ease of those catches. Um, Robert on four-star plays. He is tied for second. With Kyle Isbell and Michael A. Taylor with nine made. So four plus stars are... Is that uh, the
2: most stars you can get?
0: Five is. Oh, okay. So 25% chance or below... Robert has made two of those catches on 23 opportunities. Um, Four stars are 50% or below. Um, So really, you know, that upper echelon of outfielders can make. Um, Robert has made nine of those plays tied with Isbell and Taylor. Um, Joey Weimer and Fernando Tatis are the only players above them with 10. Uh, But the only thing is Robert has a fairly low conversion rate, 9 on four star plus plays, uh, nine outs on 34 opportunities. Uh, that's a 26.5% conversion rate. Um, and you look at the other players like Isbell, Taylor, Weimer, and Tatis, 41.7% for Tatis and Weimer, uh, 39.1% for Isbell, 33.3% for Taylor. So you could make the argument that Robert is doing it quote unquote, like worse or less. You're telling, less telling me i effi- wrong. what you're telling me. I guess like at least for, well, StatCast is, these aren't my stats. Um, but at least to bring it up to the J-Rod thing, uh, Robert has made more outs and has, has a higher conversion rate. So at least if we're looking at that stat for Robert versus Rodriguez, uh, nine outs on 34 opportunities for Robert, uh, seven outs on 30 opportunities for Rodriguez, and you could say too, with J-Rod playing more innings, uh, Robert is probably putting himself in position more often four five-star catches or four-star catches because of his jump because of his athleticism he's getting the chance to make more difficult catches because of his ability we've talked about this with ta like ta's range allows him to get to so many balls that you know it, it looks difficult to, you know he's making impossible throws and at least this was, was like 2022 ta um the uh, the throws were so much difficult because he was getting so much range on these plays um that you know his defensive metrics look, looks looked worse because he wasn't able to uh, convert on balls that he was getting.
2: To. Other shortstops, those were just hits,
1: right? Exactly. Yes, okay. um, so yeah. Um, J. Rod, the thing that has his, him an advantage for this next week, he has ten games versus Texas, versus Houston, and then versus Texas again. People are going to be watching him. Exactly. Mm-hmm. All the coaches, all the managers who vote on this award, if he does anything offensively or defensively, that would solidify his uh chance to win the gold glove because more eyes will be on him while the White Sox will be playing teams that are not in the playoffs or Padres, I guess they're trying to get in the playoffs, but those games won't be widely viewed by managers and coaches around the league. So J. Rod has an advantage over that. He has his destiny in his own hand and the Seattle Mariners have the 10 games that he can win or lose to get in the playoffs. And if they win, Man, J-Rod's going to get a big-time bump from that.
0: And from the chat, uh, Josh Rodriguez is saying he's the real J-Rod, so I'll allow that. Um, Mm -hmm. That's fair. We don't know who the Rodriguez – this isn't a a Mariner's podcast. This isn't S-A-T or S-E-A-T? I think it'd probably be
2: S T T L. Yeah, <laughs> um, We're not
0: STTL, so yeah. you're the real J-Rod, Josh. Um, and Fred, too. Shout out to you, Homer Sanchez, 2019 Gold Glove winner. Um, we're going to take a break and let you know about our friends over at Fubo. If you are looking to watch the rest of the White Sox season, uh, Herb and I are going to get you covered and Cody on uh, Big Ten football soon. If you're watching Big Ten football this weekend, if you're watching the Bears on Sunday, Fubo has 140 live channels of sports, shows, movies, and news, and you can stream live TV from any device. This device, this device, we got a TV in front. Of us, you could stream the it from Vice. that device, <laughs> um, and you go watch the most Chicago sports for the lowest price. Marquee has the Cubs; they're on Fubo. Fox is usually airing the Bears games; they're on Fubo. NBC Sports Chicago; they're on Fubo with the White Sox. and uh Black Blackhawks
1: are NBC on NBC Sports, sports, sports Chicago. Chicago and the, and and the, the Bulls. Bulls.
0: And the Bulls. Yeah. Doubles. Um, so start watching immediately with a free trial at Fubotv.com slash chgo. There's no contract, no cable, no hassle. Just sign up and start watching. And hey, maybe you're missing a Blackhawks or a Bulls game. There's a thousand hours of Cloud DVR included at no extra charge. So you can go back and re watch whatever you've missed. And you can watch local teams while traveling too. So maybe you're visiting the family uh, this holiday uh, season. and maybe you're you can, going uh, to
2: STTL.
0: Maybe you're going to STTL and you can watch your teams uh, and any device. So. Uh, watch your favorite college football in the NFL with Fubo. Go to www.fuboTV.com/chgo. That's fuboTV.com/chgo to sign up for 15% off your first month of Fubo Pro. Um, we also want to let you know about our Die Hard program. Uh, I mentioned it. The Bears have you covered. The CHGO Bears team has you covered for pregame action this Sunday. During the game action. Post-game action, they had an emergency podcast. Uh, yes, Herb, I know for your faint heart, uh, an emergency podcast. I no, you don't like that word. Nope. Um, for the Allen Williams news, uh, we have you covered for your team. If it is the White Sox, if it is the Cubs, if it is the Blackhawks, if it is the Bears, if it's all of the above. Even the Bulls. So, even the Bulls. You keep forgetting the Bulls. Even the Sky. Even the Red Stars. Even the Sky. Uh, you said the Sky. Fire. fire. Even the Fire. Ah.
1: We don't no. have a lacrosse team, so we don't have you covered there.
0: Isn't the Chicago Machine? Or that's like the, me that's what the, the former, team the, is? That's the, the voting former. people.
1: No, I think <laughs> that's how they get people well, elected.
0: That's probably what they're
2: named after, though, so that's kind of a good name. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Chicago Machine
0: was the lacrosse team from 2007
1: to 2009. RIP. Oof. Grand opening, grand closing. There you go. <laughs> Chicago Machine.
0: Um Anyways, uh the diehard program. If you are a diehard, if you want that daily coverage, five days a week of your team, if you want daily written content at all chgo.com like Vinny's brand new article talking about the Royals and the White Sox and how it's not a joke if they do become the twenty fourteen or twenty fifteen Royals, um, we have you covered for any team. Um, and you also get 20% off events. We got a tailgate coming up on October 1st, Bears versus Denver. Get 20% off to that event. Come out, drink some Goose Island. It should be great. And you get a free T-shirt when you sign up and become a member. We got some great sock shirts. Uh, This is a CHGO shirt. This one? That's a CHGO shirt, and you get a free one when you sign up and you get access to our members-only Discord, the CHGO Lounge, where you get to chat to other diehards that are just like you. So go to allchgo.com and sign up today. Finally, it's a Sunnyside Thursday. Herb, do you like side? I love Sunnyside. Yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, a sunny side for every season. No? I mean, now that we're in fall, because it's September 1st. Yes. Well, why are you
2: shaking? Didn't you say it was September 1st? Isn't that your narrative? No. If you have to put a date on it, yes. But I would say that the seasons are completely dateless. So don't don't I don't even need the whole first day of whatever season. All
1: right.
0: Well, anyways,
2: yeah. Uh, there's
1: no yeah. there's no weather that's like actually committed to the fall. It doesn't start. Leaves don't start falling right now when it hits September. It just gets a little colder. Well, and I guarantee we're going to be hot as hell next week or something. You know, we're going to have that fake uh fake fall <laughs> and then go back into summer again. And even if it's a cold day,
0: even if it's a hot day, there's no bad day for Sunnyside Cannabis well, Dispensary. You You're what, home for judgment free cannabis shopping. A place where all kind of visitors are welcome to explore, discover, and purchase a wide or of high-quality products. Sunnyside has everything you need to elevate your football season no matter where you are on your cannabis journey. They have easy online ordering and in-store pickup and a great transparent loyalty program called Sunnyside Rewards. So You can get rewarded for all of the uh, purchases you make. Uh, they are Illinois' favorite dispensary. Uh, go visit them in Wrigleyville. Go visit them in Elmwood Park. Go, I mean, if you're north of the border, not Canada, but like Wisconsin, uh, there's, the border. Yeah. There's, there's a South Beloit uh uh, uh, locations. So they have you covered all around this beautiful state, and their in-house brands include Mindy's, Good News, Cresco, High Supply, Florical, Wonder, and Remedy, some of the top names in cannabis. So through October 15th, head to sunnyside.shop and use code CHGO25 at checkout for 25% off your total order, one use per customer, and it's not stackable with other promotions. That's not only for new customers. Anyone can use our code chgo 25 at checkout for 25% off your total order at sunnyside.shop. Pick up everything you need to elevate your football season. Must be 21 plus or an Illinois med card holder. All right, finally, let's get into the White Sox and their stinky, 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 stinky season. Shout out to Fred, uh, who's talking about the tumbleweed to 100 losses. Uh, Let's go to the history. All right, we are closing in nine games left in the 2023 season and we are looking at the most losses in a White Sox season since 1961 and bear with me not all of these are 162 game seasons I think the 1967 season was 161 games a game got rained out and they said we don't need to play it it's fine smart this team has 67 losses who cares Um, but this is since 1961 when they started to implement 162-game season. Uh, So since 1961, the most losses came in 1970 with 106. 2018, there was 100 losses. 2013, there was 99. 1976, there was 97. 2023, there was 95. 2017, there was 95. And 1968, there was 95. So Vinny, what I will ask you is, you've seen a 100-loss team before. Are you the reason why? The White Sox stink.
1: <laughs> the answer is no.
2: Oh, okay. As the rest of that graphic illustrates. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: more seriously,
0: I mean, we, again, nine games left. We have the, the they have the Red Sox coming up. They have the Padres coming up, and they have the Diamondbacks. Diamondbacks coming up. Uh, Diamondbacks and Padres fighting for a playoff spot. Uh, Boston has been eliminated. I don't know how much Boston is going to actually try, but what I remember, just kind of off my head, uh, anecdotally, I, I know very well that the Red Sox usually come and kick our ass. Uh, I don't really know the White Sox having success against Boston. Hey, so
2: you sorry. are forgetting—you were forgetting that game at, at uh, well, yeah, you're forgetting 2005. Okay. You're forgetting well, El Duque, but since, you're for, since I was you're, ten, you're forgetting that relatively more recent game, uh, the big pitching matchup at Fenway Park. Former White Sox pitcher Chris Sale throwing for Boston. Star White Sox pitcher throwing for Chicago, Dylan Covey. That was a 1-0 game that the White Sox won.
0: And I think Chris Sale, as we learned, uh, every time he's faced the White Sox, he's struck out at least nine. So he had at least nine strikeouts in that game. Steve, we can go back to that graphic, though. Um, Nine games left, 95 losses. Uh, If they lose all nine... Don't think that's going to happen. But if it happens, uh, they will be second on that list. Uh, they cannot pass the 1970 team at 106. The most they can lose is 104. So, I mean, are, are we saying that the loss category is going to settle between 100 and 104?
2: Well, and more interesting, perhaps, is where they would fall when it comes to winning percentage as well. Um, I don't know if I have – I can't do the math right here. What are you thinking I'm not of? good at math. But I guess the point being that anything – they don't have to just lose out, right? They could lose a hundred and one games and still be w- the second worst team on that list yes. by
1: winning percentage.
2: Well, and and yes. lo- and win loss, but yeah, right. yeah,
1: yeah. And I think. Uh yeah, I think it's between 100 and 104 losses the White Sox will have because the teams that they're facing uh, have some things that they can play for. And Boston is a better team just in general than the White Sox. And we've seen the White Sox go to the Nationals and look lifeless yesterday, 13-3 to loss to the Nationals and getting beat two out of three to a team that also isn't in the playoffs, but looked like the better team on paper and also in the field. And that's what Boston looking like. Uh, They just fired their general manager. I'm sure these players who are in Boston right now are fighting for their lives and see if they can be on the next Boston team and trying to see if, you know, these last nine games, they can get their stats right. And especially with the White Sox coming in, it's like, all right, three games to get right versus some people who are probably not the greatest. I mean, Dylan Cease is pretty good on Friday, but after that, falls off the table. So I'm sure they'll be looking for some feasting. And you know the Diamondbacks and Padres are looking at schedules like, hey, if we win our first games this weekend versus whatever team we're placing, we get to go to Chicago and grab some easy dubs. So I don't think the White Sox will be motivated to keep these teams out of the playoffs because there's really nothing other than that to play for. And I think these other teams are feasting on and thinking that they can be eaten versus the White Sox.
2: I will make a prediction that will almost certainly be wrong. I will say they will go 3-6 and six hmm. over the final nine games. I say they get swept by the Diamondbacks. That makes sense. And I don't know which one. They will win one of the two other two series, and they will lose one of those other two series. I don't know which one.
1: If I was the guess... Guarantee the Padres are going to be in contention that last weekend. And the White Sox find a way to grab some dubs.
0: I mean this respectfully, and that, that would be funny to San Diego. Yes. Especially because that's the first time Fernando Tatis Jr. is going to play the White Sox. Yeah, yeah, he didn't play last year, yeah. Fun. Um, we called a certain team a certain word last year. and Certain. Co-workers oh, of ours weren't yeah. happy with us. Um, I used the word "lowly" to describe the Diamondbacks. Is it wrong? It was not. It wrong. It wasn't no, wrong, okay. and Jesse was still mad at me. Okay, um, still right. And I, I just think it'd be funny if it's the, not. It's not if true if this year. The lowly, yeah. bad, horrible, disgusting White
1: Sox—they're Put a this dent yeah, in
0: the. Right. Yeah, put a dent yeah. in the Diamondback season.
1: I don't see how that's going to happen. I've I have watched them. It's not going to happen. I watched them play funny. versus the Cubs in those seven games that they played recently. They're damn good. Not just good, damn good. They sh- they're going to do some damage in the playoffs when they get there. So that series, if the White Sox can grab one, and Vinny already said a sweep is on the, on the menu, and I don't disagree with that. I, think they,
0: I don't think they'll lose nine, but I think it's more possible that they win nine than it is that they, like, uh, sorry. I think it's more possible that they lose nine than it is that they win more than four. Yeah, It's more possible that they get completely swept than they actually have a winning record in these last nine games. This team is,
1: is bad, and I don't think they're going
0: to put too much effort out there. My opinion, we'll see. They have to play the games. That's
1: why they play the games. Would you feel different if they come out and they actually compete versus these teams? They look like a team that was no. doing some things. Would you feel a little bit better going to the offseason if they're battling versus the the, the Arizona Diamondbacks and looking good versus them? Steven, can you um show me the, the most losses in a season graphic? <laughs> No herb, <laughs> if they
0: if they go nine and zero, it still will suck.
1: We're the fifth team on that list, just above the two thousand twenty, the the two thousand. Oh, they're right there. They're on the fifth on the list on the list already. So what if they go up to the seventy six team? Just with, two, just more to, they just they with two more losses, they win two more losses. They go in seven. They only lose they go two seven more. Seven and two. I'm yeah. still
0: going to be disgustingly sick because. Brian Shaw pitched in all nine of those games. Um, real quick. Seven dubs, though. We'll get out of here. Make sure you go check out Vinny's article. We'll likely talk about it Sunday because um, it's hot off the presses. I mean, it's I don't even think it's been up for two hours yet.
2: Put it up right before the show so started. There, there you go. Yeah.
0: Uh, so go check it out, allchgo.com. David in the chat saying, Mark Squires has to be the last Sox glow glove that had zero bat. No. Dallas Keichel. <laughs> Quite
2: literally. <laughs> yeah. Quite literally. Yeah. So there you go. That's a good point. Um,
0: all right, that's going to do it for the CHGO White Sox podcast. That's Vinny Dubri. You can follow him at Vinny Duber. He's our CHGO White Sox beat writer. Go read his article at allchgo.com. That's Herb Lawrence. You can follow him at Wall 23 He's our CHGO White Sox community leader. I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. Thank you to everyone who hung out with us in the chat. Make sure you hit that thumbs up button. Whoever hit the dislike button, I will find you. And shout out to Steve and Nicholas for producing the show. Talk to you on Sunday. Bye.